Welcome to 5 Minutes of Courage with Maggie Arndt. This podcast focuses on God's Word, the Bible, and how much God loves you. Our goal is to show you throughout Scripture how loved and valued you are by the God of the universe. 5 Minutes is all you need to be filled with hope, joy, purpose, and yes, courage. Now here's your host, Maggie Arndt. Hey everybody, welcome back to 5 Minutes of Courage with me, Maggie. It is clear I'm not in my normal location in my basement or in my office or even in my dining room. I'm on vacation. But because we had a week-long delay with my laptop getting coffee spilled all over it and the rescue of Nice Guy Technology, here's a little shout out to Mike and Chris Paul. Thank you again, guys. And if you're in the Twin Cities and you ever have an IT emergency or even not an emergency, get a hold of me. I will connect you with these guys. They are amazing. But I wanted to make sure that we got back on track this week with the death of Lazarus, because this is such a huge story. And in fact, it's only found in the Gospel of John, which brings up the address. Today, we are in the Gospel of John, chapter 11, the death of Lazarus. And it didn't show up in the other synoptic Gospels, most likely because it's thought that Peter wasn't there. So just a quick backstory on that. The very first gospel was written by Mark, and it's thought that Mark was a much younger helper, if you will, to Peter. And he kind of followed him around and Peter would say, write this down. And and so he did. And so the original gospel is Mark. And then Matthew and Luke take Mark's story, his thoughts, um, his memories from the from. Peter, the disciple, and then they add their own memories or in Luke's case, eyewitness accounts. And so it's the same story. It's still God's word. It's, It's God's words through Mark. But then Matthew's like, and I also remember this piece. And Luke talks to someone else who said, and they also remember this piece. So think of it that way. But John is not part of the Synoptic Gospels, and he has his own memories. And he's thought of as perhaps the beloved disciple. But the interesting piece is Lazarus was also considered beloved. Now, he wasn't a disciple, but he was really one of Jesus's very best friends. And in fact, Jesus didn't just love their family. The fact that they are listed singularly, Lazarus, Mary, Martha. It means that Jesus loved them all collectively and yet all very individually. And the fact that they uh, take the time to write down that Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet. Just these details that tell how very dear this family was to them. And so when we begin this chapter and there is word to Jesus that Lazarus is sick, you know that's just got to that's got to pull on his heartstrings. Well, this is the launching pad for the most remarkable miracle that Jesus has performed to date. In fact, this is the seventh in the Gospel of John, and in the commentary that I was looking up, it said there there is no parallel for the raising of a man who had been dead for four days and whose body had begun to decay. And they're not saying that necessarily raising someone four days from the dead is any more miraculous than anything else he did, but this is just really different. And, and let's be honest, it is really big. So 
We start off the story with Jesus getting word that Lazarus is sick. And what does he say in verse four? But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. Well, in fact, when he said that, Lazarus was already dead. And don't think for a second that Jesus didn't know that, but this was very intentional. And so even though, um, in verse five, it says, so although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. That may seem very tone deaf. One of my best friends is sick, but I'm just going to hang around for the next couple of days. No, as with everything, it was incredibly intentional. Jesus knew that Lazarus was not already, not that he was not just sick. He actually was already dead, but there was intention behind what he was doing. He was not just prolonging his friend's agony and Mary and Martha's great sorrow, but he decides to go back to Judea and Jerusalem, which is showing a lot of of courage and bravery because verse 8 one of the disciples says, Rabbi, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Why are we going there again? And yet it is, it is very intentional. And Jesus ends with, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. And this is not the first time that Jesus has talked about someone who is dead or dying going to sleep. This seems to be a very familiar metaphor of people who are going to sleep who will be raised from the dead. And that is what he is doing here. So then in verse 16, Thomas speaks up um, and said, let's go too and die with Jesus. Now it says, Thomas nicknamed the twin. There's a couple of reasons he was nicknamed the twin. This is just kind of an interesting sidebar. Every Jew had two names. One was the Hebrew name and the other one was the Greek name. And that was more his... um I hate to say cultural name, but because they lived in in a secular society, everyone had two names. So Thomas was his Hebrew name. Didymus was his Greek name, which means twin. But interestingly enough, Thomas actually looked shockingly like Jesus, which was a little bit of a liability in this time, because think about how many people wanted to kill Jesus. So that's just a little sidebar interest on Thomas. Uh, when they arrived at Bethany, they were told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road, and many people had come to console Mary and Martha. And I think at this point, people are like, seriously, why did you why did you take your time? You know, I I, I thought that you that you loved Lazarus. And in in the King James version, I just love this. Um, I don't know if it's Mary or Martha, but they're like, Lord, he stinketh. He's already been in there for four days, which means he is already beginning to decay. There is no doubt about it that Lazarus has died. Now, again, if you think there's anything other than complete intention in this, you, uh, it is very intentional. You, you would be correct in thinking that Jesus did this on purpose. So, in verse 23, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again, which is where we're going to stop for today. All of this leading up to Jesus intentionally let Lazarus die an earthly death, let him be buried, let him to begin to decay, to stinketh, so that there's no question that he's not actually alive. And when we return tomorrow, we will find out why for all of this. So thanks for being with me today.
Thank you for hanging on and waiting for a week for the beginning of this story. And make sure you join me tomorrow for the exciting intermediate story of what Jesus does next. Be well. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to this podcast. I'd hate for you to miss out on even one minute of courage. Then share it with all your friends. If you'd like more information or would like to contact me directly, go to 5minutesofcourage.com. That's the number five and you can connect with me there.